Overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one. Eight. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxonian family. We're off the heels of the American Athletic Conference quarterfinals between. The number one seed in the tournament, Houston Cougars, and the East Carolina Pirates, who were the number nine seed in the tournament. And it was a bit of a uh, tough, grinded-out battle for the Houston Cougars in their first game here in the American Athletic Conference tournaments. They came out with the 60-46 to victory, but it wasn't as easy as it may seem if you just look at the final score on paper. Houston struggled tremendously to score from the field when you look top to bottom. Outside of Marcus Sasser, the team really struggled to put the basket through the hoop. Now, Marcus Sasser, he was the star for Houston. He finished with a game-high 30 points. He was 9 of 15 from the field and really was a big reason why Houston was able to lift past East Carolina to advance to the American Athletic Conference tournament semifinals, which they told us this after the game. Houston is now officially 10-0 all-time at Dickey's Arena. They love to play at Dickey's, but joining us as always, or joining me as always, Dayon Dunlap with Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing? You look dressed up sharply. You look nice with the overall suit and Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. How are you two doing? I'm doing all right. Technology, technology, man. It's just something to deal with here. Oh, oh, I can understand if it has to do with uh, hotel Wi-Fi. Hopefully we can uh, go through it um, throughout the rest of this afternoon. But, of course, let's get into the game, and let's get into specifically the offensive woes in the first half. I think Houston went 8 for 31 from the field. They had 23 misses. And something that really seemed like was the biggest disappointment for Houston was that they were only able to get two offensive rebounds in the first half. Even overall in the game, they weren't able to really to kind of – Turn that around. They only finished with seven offensive rebounds for the entire game off of 41 misses, which Chris, down. we've talked about it all season long with Kelvin Sampson. He kind of the mark that he wants to is for Houston to be able to get at least half of those misses. They didn't even come close tonight. Didn't come close because of Ezra Osser. Young man for East Carolina was sensational. He was the best big man on the floor throughout the game. He was just, he had a double double in the first half with what, 12 and 10, something like that, I think. He was just the best player in the first half. And then Marcus Sasser showed he's why he's an All American. But both teams missed a lot of shots. Both teams, I think, did a decent job uh, keeping the opponent off the offensive boards. Each team had seven offensive boards despite all the bricks being tossed in the game. The Cougs finally get a win. Marcus Sasser had half of Houston's. 60 points. He came through, and I don't believe any other Coug shot 50% from the floor. So Marcus was only one, and I think Ezra was only one for ECU. <laughs> so just one of those games. Yeah, Houston is an elite defensive team, and I don't know what percentage, but I'll probably go out and say they won probably 80% of their games with the elite defense, and it was another elite defensive 
um, performance that they put out there today. Offensively, I mean, I wouldn't say they're a lead offensive team. They're um, a versatile offensive team, and they have a lot of depth offensively on any given game. If we talked about, we mentioned any player can kind of lead them offensively. But today was Marcus's game. He's really been on a tear since conference started. And he's continued that stellar play, and he he really shot the ball lights out. I mean, a lot of open looks, a lot of dribble penetration, getting the ball inside, just making the correct pass, and Marcus really making a shot. Now, when you look at Houston's offensive struggles, Jamal Shedd, after the game, said a lot of it just had to do – it's one of those nights where they just couldn't get the ball to fall through the hoop. And some of the misses, it just seemed like it would roll in, roll out. But I think one of the other things, too, I don't know if it's just one of those games where you can attribute to it being – a random outing, but sometimes even layups, they weren't able to get to fall, especially in that first half. I mean, I'm going to chalk it up as being the first game of the tournament of the Cougs, earlier start, some minor rust, some possible looking past the opponent. You can pick any matter of things. Give ECU credit as well. They play good defense a lot of the game. They couldn't stop Marcus Sasser, but Houston got good shots for the most part. Coach Sampson at points in the game was not happy with the ball being sticky. He wanted more ball movement and more cutting. But Marcus took care of much of that, and the Cougs found a way to win because everybody else struggled to make shots. Dewan Roberts, he had the dropsies. He threw up. He just struggled offensively. I mean, he his floater wasn't going. He had two shots that clanged off the backboard. And Coach Sampson was not thrilled with Juwan offensively. We'll see what they do. But they'll do a better job on Saturday. Yeah, a lot of quality looks for Houston. Um, they did just didn't fall, which is part of part of the game. I think uh, I, I would agree with Coach Sampson. More ball movement would it benefits Houston um, tremendously offensively because it not only moves the defense but allows some of their playmakers to attack um, a defense who's moving or trying to close out. Um, and so, but primarily Jamal Shea really controlled the game, controlled the tempo of the game. He controlled um, offensively and defensively with his pressure defense. He was able to control ECU um, in regards to that. And as well, being able to break down the defense, whether it's getting inside, making a correct pass, or a couple hockey assists he got tonight. So it was a really tremendous game for both of Houston guards. But I mean, I've seen Houston play this style in regard – not play this style, but have a game like this and where they don't shoot the ball well, but they still win the game. And so it's a recipe for success when you can defend at an elite level like they can. And part of that defense, the Cougs had uh, – they outscored ECU 19-6 in points off turnovers. ECU had 17 turnovers. Cougs had 10. So despite Houston only making 28% of their shots, they did not turn the ball over a lot. And ECU, the few times the Cougs did, did not capitalize on that. And that was another key to the win for Houston. Absolutely. And going back to the rebounding, kind of to, to put a, a bow on the initial kind of breakdown of this game. Chris, you mentioned the stellar play from Ezra Alsar. But I'm going to put his last name, which I feel so terrible for, but he put on a monster performance. I think he set, if I'm remembering correctly, what Chuck Sullivan said, it, it, he set a American Athletic Conference postseason tournament record for rebounds in the game and with 19. But just overall, I think because it takes much more than one player, 
what did East Carolina do really well in being able to limit Houston from being able to offensive rebound and, I mean, just overall keep them off the glass. They ended up uh, rebounding them 46 to 41, which we don't see off 42 to 41, which we don't see often. First half, they did a lot of gang rebound. They just swarmed the glass, you know, almost formed a wall to keep the Cougs off the offensive boards. And that's one of the things Coach Swartz talked about after the game was they made a point that they had to do a, a good job rebounding to have a chance to win the game. You know, turnovers were a factor for ECU. That's why they lost the game. But the first half, they dominated Houston on the boards. I think it was like a 10-point margin at halftime. But ECU, they played with effort. They played with heart. They just don't have a uh, Marcus Sasser on their team, <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, I, well, I think I think they did a good job of playing physical. I think not only with their energy that they play, I think they really did a good job of playing physical. And I think they play they played good to the scouting report in regards to how they played certain players. I'm, I'm sure it was a conscious effort to play that style in the way they did in guarding certain players. And um, but more more or less, it was more of their physicality, their ability to be physical and, and make kind of play Houston how Houston plays in regards to being physical and making everything tough. They forced Houston to move the ball some, but Houston, I would agree with Coach Sampson, didn't move it. Uh, well, they could have moved it more. It was a lot of dribble penetration, but they were there in the paint. They collapsed. They helped. They really kind of forced Houston to play outside in. And um, thank goodness for Marcus Sass, he was able to knock a lot of shots down from the outside. But you got to give credit – to them for being physical. I, I think um, they were, had an emphasis, I'm sure, being physical and matching Houston's intensity and physicality. And I think they did. And I think it was to their benefit. And we need to give uh, credit to the Cougs for making free throws. They finished the game 20 for 26. They went 18 for 23 in the second half. They did a better job on the boards in the second half, winning that by nine. So they found a slightly different way of winning a basketball game, making free throws, three-point shooting. They made more threes in ECU as well. So just little different ways of getting the dub and moving on to a semifinals on Saturday. And at the end of the day, it's March, so it's win in advance, and that's exactly what the Houston Cougars did. Although Kelvin Sampson said there's a lot of stuff that they have to clean up and that they're going to address heading into whoever they play up next in regards to whether it'll be Cincinnati or Temple in the Temple in the American Athletic Conference semifinals. But real quickly, we're going to take a pause from a quick ad break. And first, we'd like to say thank you to the Saxonian family, who's a primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs. Not only for this episode, for the remainder of the postseason run that the Houston Cougars have here in March, they have. I mean, they're guaranteed one more American Athletic Conference postseason tournament game and one NCAA tournament run game, and that could go up all the way until April 3rd, championship day come that first Monday in the month of April. So, of course, we want to say thank you to the Saxonian family. And, of course, we also like to say thank you to our other partners for today's episode of Let's Reach Goose, beginning with Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit Star Pizza online at starpizza.net, where not only you can check out their menu, you can order online. You can check out where any one of their three various locations are located across the Houston area. And like I said, you can order online so you can order ahead and just stop by at any one of their locations and either pick up on the way to go or know exactly what you want if you plan on dining in. And of course, we also like to say thank you 
with BB's Tex Orleans Cooking. I'd like to say thank you to BB's Houston's best Cajun food in the city of Houston for being a sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Coops, which they themselves having multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit bbstextorleans.com to check them out online. We're not only similar, you can check out their menu, but you can contact them and see where their various locations across the Houston area are. Once again, that's bbstextorleans.com. And we thank them, thank them for being a partner of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Dayon, Chris, getting back into it. Now, post-game after, you could tell that Kelvin Sampson wasn't necessarily too thrilled with the way that they had come out and play. Now, when it, when he kind of gave his initial statement before he was even asked a question, he said, there's just a lot of struggle with a lot of different things. And the one that obviously stuck out to him was just from an effort standpoint when it came to offensive rebounds, but there was just a lot, especially when it came to shot making that they weren't able to do. Chris, what were your kind of takeaways of Kelvin Sampson postgame? Coach was disappointed in the lack of effort that he did not name the player, but he, you know, he danced around it about a front court player and, and rebounding or the lack thereof. So that was an issue, but he said, you know, it will be corrected. It'll be addressed and corrected. And hopefully the Cougs will play better than their next game, which will be Saturday. This is the AAC tournament. They can go through little bumps here for these possible Saturday and Sunday. But after this, it doesn't matter how you look, what you do, either you win or you go home. So today they did not shoot well as a, as a group. The entire team struggled to make shots except for Marcus Sasser. Tomorrow might be complete, something completely different. Everybody makes my make shots tomorrow, but today they struggled. Rebounding in the first half was atrocious for the Cougs because of Ezra Officer and ECU did a great job keeping them off the glass. But they still let it halftime despite all that. They led by two points. So Houston just finds a way to win ball games, and that's the bottom line, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key point, the key phrase that that Kelvin said post game out of character. Felt like there was a lot of stuff that was out of character for the players. Now, on that note, we're going to send it over to Marcus Sasser, and here's what he had to say post game following the Houston 60 to 46 victory over East Carolina to advance to the American Athletic Conference semifinals. You know, defense. I feel like we missed a lot of mistakes when we rebound when we were supposed to rebound, but uh, we won, so we get another chance tomorrow. Was this game a lot closer than it should have been? Yeah, definitely. Well. They they put up they, they put up a hard fight so um, I give them, I give them a lot of respect you know um, they came out played basically to our culture you know they rebounded played hard defended hard played with that toughness that grit and you know we didn't but um, I give a lot of props to them for sure. Marcus, you know how good you guys are. Is this right. a kind of game that's kind of almost early in the tournament kind of a wake up call like yeah. let's, let's get refocused. Yeah, um, just really got to lock in you know. Um, and no matter what's the name on the front of their jerseys, you know, they all coming out to beat us. Just wanting to go home. They don't want to go home. We don't want to go home. So it just, that's kind of like you said, you know, it's kind of getting ready for much madness for Amongst your group, uh, that to tell us everything that was said, but y'all look around saying, all right, guys, we know yeah, that, we that all, in Cougar basketball. Yeah, we all um, hold each other accountable, you know, so. 
you might not like it how it's being told to you or something, but um, I, the point gonna get across that we gotta play better. When y'all were when y'all going into the first half, what was it really like? What were y'all thinking? Oh, yeah, we got the points. Uh, we was just, you know, got to pick it up, um, got to get clean rebounds, got to get in transition. We just went playing inside game. We um, was kind of playing into their game plan, and um, you see where that caused us up by two at halftime. What do you expect the re response to be tomorrow when you get to the floor again? Um, no, no. Definitely just, no. Really just coming out and playing our culture, you know, um, the way we play. Um, hopefully we get our confidence back and start playing great again. I got to get the swagger. Yeah, basically. Uh, really just coming out with that energy. And um, that pop, you know, it's March now. So really just coming out, trying to play the culture for real. Marcus, real quick, can you talk about the playmaking from Jamal Mark? He had like four assists and you yeah. tied with Jamal leading with you guys. Um, it's really been an underrated aspect to his game throughout the season. It's kind of grown, right? Yeah, he's, you know, he's a great all-around player. You know, mm -hmm. he can score the ball, but a lot of people don't know he's a great passer also. Mm -hmm. um, he does that. He helps our team a lot. Mm -hmm. Once again, that was Houston Cougar senior guard Marcus Sasser talking post game talk. Uh, uh, touch on a lot of little different things. I think he kind of caught himself there when it talked about East Carolina. Obviously, gave them a lot of credit, but again, it, again, even though they won, it certainly Houston's not happy with their performance, and it still seems like they're going to be seeking to get their swagger back to kind of steal the words that Marcus Sasser said there into uh, next next game on Saturday, whether it be Cincinnati or Temple. I think they took t ECU for granted a little bit. You know mm -hmm. that ECU was more aggressive. ECU played Houston basketball for much of the first half. And Marcus touched on it. That just can't happen going forward. It happened today. The Cougs still find a way to win. That's all I'm going to say on it. Nobody shot the ball well. Tremont was one for 10. He had five boards, four assists. But most of his shots were good looks. Just didn't go in. So for the most part, they got good shots. Didn't make them today. Yeah, I like how Marcus talked about how they controlled the defensive rebounding. Well, they had a focus on getting out of transition. And the way they did that was getting defensive rebounds and pushing the ball. And I think it was to their benefit. Even though they didn't score, they were able to create um, opportunities in transition where you don't have to face a set defense or call a play to create offense. And so unscripted offense, I think, is something that Houston does plays well in. And they did a good job of getting out in transition where a lot of Marcus looks came in transition. And so I, Houston, they just did a, a good job of winning. I think offensively they missed shots that they can't make. So I'm not really looking at it as if they had a bad offensive night. The shots just didn't fall. But different players they had a good game and affecting the game in different ways. You can still have a good game without shooting the ball efficiently or effectively. And I think a few players did that highlighting Richard and his ability to play, make and rebound and as well as defend. And so um, not really worried about them missing shots as much because I know the defense is going to be there. The rebound is going to be there and they have ability to get out in transition. Like I just mentioned. Real quickly to provide a scoring update. It looks like the Houston Cougars are going to be playing the Cincinnati Bearcats for in the American athletic conference semifinal to on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, that game's going to be a 2 p.m. tip off. I believe it's going to air on ESPN too. But the Bearcats are just pouring it on Temple. We have about five minutes left in the second half. They have a 71 47 lead at this point. So it looks like it's going to be the Bearcats who Houston played twice in the season, beat uh, two times during the regular season meetings. But 
No, Dayan, you're absolutely right. And I want to bring up this point from King Jaja, which we haven't really touched on. But Terrence Arsenal, and not just Terrence Arsenal, but top to bottom, JV here. Francis got a good run with minutes. But what do you guys think of those two in particular, Arsenal and Francis, and the minutes they were able to make in this game against East Carolina? Because they certainly from the last few games, it seemed like they were able to get much more run in this game. Terrence played well. He had a few Terrence moments, but his defense was was really solid for the most part. Uh, he passed up a couple of shots, which he probably just let it fly at Terrence. You know, this, the team is confident in you shoot the ball. But he played well. It's good to see him get what, about 14 or 15 minutes of action. So it's good to see Coach Sampson trust Terrence enough to give him that, that, that run. Yeah, I think he I think he played well as well. He made um, one shot, but more importantly, just his activity. I think that's what I watched for him when I watched Terrence play. How how active is he? Whether it's getting tip balls, going after balls, diving, whatever whatever the case may be, and whatever the situation may bring, I always pay attention to his activity and his energy. And he came out um, and played with the high level energy and um, activity. And um, I, I think it's just good for Houston to have. Ability to lean on certain freshmen if need be, because you never know what upcoming games might entail. Certain players might get in foul trouble, and I think those players will be ready to step up. I think JVA, um, he's just so early, he, he's not allowed to play through his mistakes right now. And so I, I think he's very conscious of it and maybe thinks about um, trying not to mess up on the floor because, you know, that might prohibit him from getting more minutes. Mm-hmm. I think there was a stretch there in the first half when Javier Francis got into the game and he picked up he picked up one foul. It was a really ticky tack foul. It looked like he could have gotten it should have from my perspective, I'm gonna go out and say it shouldn't have been a foul call. He should have gotten awarded the tip and basket. Instead they called an over the back foul, wiped that away, gave him one, and then a couple of possessions later, then he did pick up his second foul in that quick stretch, just running into an East Carolina player. So Dan, you're absolutely right. There's a still stretches in there where it will make like freshman type of mistakes and it's kind of hard for him to be able to play through them right now and Chris had on to your point about Terrence Arsenal absolutely right there's occasionally there where the one thing you know about Arsenal if he's not going to be afraid to take a shot now just about being able to continue build his building his confidence going into like you guys mentioned you never know when foul away a couple of foul troubles with a few of their players and he's going to be needed to potentially play some big minutes for Houston down the stretch, not only in this tournament, but looking ahead. Yeah, Javier's second foul was results of Jamal missing a layup. Mm-hmm. Jamal went too hard on drive a layup, and it clanged off the backboard, and Javier was out of position a little bit and because he wasn't expecting Jamal missed a layup. So he got the, that loose ball foul, but the tip-in, the first foul, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, he had a tip-in, and the ref caught him for a loose, loose ball foul. I mean, Javier's got long arms, and he jumped over the man. That's not a loose ball foul, but the refs saw it differently. So things like that. I want to touch on this because I'm not sure how serious it is, but Jairus had the physio tape on his right knee. He had a heating pad on his right knee when he sat down on the bench a few times. So it seemed kind of stiff at points in the game where he just wasn't as explosive. So that's something to watch going forward for this tournament and then in the – in state tournament as well. 
on the topic of Jarris now, I think that you mentioned it. You mentioned it during the, the game, how you had observed him with the heating pad. And in this game in particular, if you look at it just from the stat sheet perspective, we're not going to have numbers that pop out at you. Just one for six from the field. He did go three for six from the free throw line. But not to kind of have an overreaction moment, but is there any cause for concern whether it be with injury just in terms of potentially what Walker – it's kind of seems like it's been a while until since he's had one of those – Hey, that eye popping performances, there is it just more much ado about nothing. It, we'll see. Because, I mean, they're not going to tell us how serious, if the if it is serious at all, the, the knee issue. So, we just based on what we see with him wearing the tape on the knee and, and the heating pad, things like that on, on the sideline. He just, the last couple of games, seemed a little bit out of sorts for whatever reason. He needs to play better to help improve the Cougs' chances of winning the national championship. Yeah, I won't comment on the injury because I'm unaware of it. But um, I think Jarris actually, he, he looked good out there to me today, in my opinion. I think he he was a very aggressive. He was decisive in his decision-making. And that featured him in that mid-post area. And he made good moves. Some didn't fall. Some he was able to get to the free throw line. And I think make 50% of his free throws. But I, I like what I saw from Jarris today. Um, I think defenses are making a conscious effort to stop him. I think he's probably – I'm one of the top players on the scouting report, and so they're very conscious of where he excels at, at on the floor and trying to limit him. I, and I've been noticing teams doing a conscious effort to run him off the three-point line and force him to put it on the floor and make a play. And I think um, he, the next step, in my opinion, for him to do that is con- do, continue to make those plays when he puts it on the floor, make a good play and a good decision um when doing that um he's more than capable to do it but overall um, I, I like what i saw from him could be a little bit more aggressive in regards to going after uh, rebounds and things like that but i love his defensive um way he helped i love the way he he guarded um and i just love his aggression offensively some shots he didn't fall but we've seen games where a lot of shots that he shot today would fall and when he's aggressive like that then he gets to the free throw line I think if he plays like that going forward, some of those shots will fall. Well, he'll have some big games like we've seen him have. We'll leave it right there real quickly. We're going to take a pause, and we'll look ahead. We'll put a final kind of tie-in in this Houston-East Carolina game and look ahead at what will be a matchup with the Bearcats in the American Athletic Conference Tournament semifinals. But first, I'd like to remind everybody that they're watching Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we'd like to say a big thank you to the Saxonian family who's been the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cooks for the duration of the men's basketball season and will continue to be the primary sponsor until the Houston Cougars stop playing games, whether it be now that we're in March and even into the first Monday in April for what could be a long run for Houston. So we can't say thank you enough to the Saxonian family for being a, a big supporter of Let's Rage Cougar. And of course, we also like to say thank you to our other partners, beginning with BB's, the home of the best Cajun food here in the city of Houston. And they are the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. And they have multiple locations across the Houston area. If you'd like to stop by, I'm sure that on a Friday night after Friday afternoon that we're recording this after watching the Cougs play, you're probably not in the mood of cooking on the way home. So be sure to stop by BB's. So you can also visit them online at bbstexordinance.com. And of course, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and their other social media platforms at 
it's the handle at BB's text Orleans on all social media platforms. And if you're not in the mood for Cajun food, you can always stop by Pizza, who is our other sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Coops with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where you can check out their online menu and you can even order ahead where you can only stop at any one of the locations to pick up and go take home your pizza and be ready to eat it on the way home. Or you can, by checking them out online, you'll know exactly what you want to order and you stop by at their restaurants and you can be ready and just make your process much faster so you can get your pizza and eat it because a game like that certainly makes you hungry. Now, getting back, winding down here on Let's Rage Cougs, I'm going to send it over to Kelvin Sampson. Here's what he had to say following Houston's 60-46 to victory over East Carolina. We, we, we needed uh, somebody. Um, you, know, you know, sometimes uh, you... Uh, you have kind of a celebrated uh, season. Um, you know, look at all the coverage we're getting. Look at all the people here that hadn't been here all year. Everything changes this time of year. We haven't changed. Everybody around us has. You know, we got more media coverage. We got more outlets. You know, and these um, kids sometimes you know, are human beings. Um, but we focus on what you can control. Um, I, I thought we were kind of out of character today in a lot of things. Uh, we'll get it back, I think. But I thought we are out of character in a lot of things. Uh, uh, shooting 28%. <laughs> that's, that's hard to do. Especially when you consider we had a guy go 9 for 15, and our second best guy was 3 for 10. Um, but, you know, the shooting percentage is what bothered me. You know, we missed 41 shots and got six offensive rebounds. But we had one of our, um, you know, somebody on our team got six misses. Um, that's what disappointed me. But, um, but, you know, we're, we're uh, live to find another day. Hopefully we can come out and play better. Go to Mark in front, please. Kevin, beyond the shooting, you had 10 steals, 7 blocks, just 10 turnovers. How significant are those numbers in a game like this? Um, yeah, we also had 417 turnovers. I think we had... Uh, we scored 19 points off of their turnovers, but we usually have 15 to 19 points on second chance points. But um, uh, as attitude, um, you know, with breakdowns defensively, um, um, but you know, we, we know how to correct our mistakes because they've done it all year. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just kind of. Looking at our record here, our record's 30-2. So. Okay, we're ready, please. All right. Uh, hey, Marcus, uh, to talk a little bit about your second half. Uh, I think you had six in the, in the first half. 
what you see out there get the confidence back and kind of take the team on your shoulders there? Um, we really just got out in transition. Um, we got clean defensive rebound in the second half and um, just got open shots in transition and then um, just really getting downhill, being more aggressive. And teammates just doing a good job finding me and I was wide open. That's really it. Coach, comment on Ezra Officer's game for ECU. Yeah, he's really good tonight, today, wasn't he? Uh, he's a tough kid. Um, yeah. 19 rebounds, uh, 18 points. That's impressive. I was uh, impressed with him. He's a tough kid. A lot that Calvin Sampson touched on in that soundbite. Uh, sound Dan, I'll go to you first. Uh, what stood out to you about head coach Calvin Sampson's comment? How instead of getting the points off of offensive rebounds, they was able to get those points off of turnovers. So it just kind of goes to this team, and there are multiple ways that they could beat you. If they can't pound the glass offensively, they'll continue playing stellar defense, turn you over, get out in transition, and get points off of those turnovers. So that was one of the things that stood out to me and what he highlighted as well as watching the game. Chris, what say you? That they were just out of character, and they missed they missed a lot of shots except for Marcus. I think take away Marcus Marcus's numbers, the rest of the team was like seven for forty two. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, you're, that's, that, that's right. That's that's hard to do on purpose, <laughs> you know. So I just chalk it up to one of those games when the shots didn't fall, but the Cougs still found a way to win. We've said that a lot. This season, not a lot, but a few times that this team just continues to find ways to win. And that's the, the bottom line. It's it's not a beauty contest, as Coach Sampson says. Did you win? Yes. Okay. On to the next. Absolutely. Now, one of the underrated aspects, I think, in the game, and you can't really call it underrated, but especially when you when you think of a game where the team only made – 16 field goals as a combined unit, but they did have 13 assists on those 16 makes. So 13 of those makes came off of great assists from teammates. And I think overall top to bottom throughout the night, they did a good job of being able to, to find open teammates. It was just a much matter of you hear the old saying when it comes to basketball, it's a make or miss game. And for a lot of tonight in the afternoon against East Carolina, Houston just couldn't get it to couldn't get the ball to fall in the basket. Agreed. And the assists were good. We could hear Coach Sampson at times, you know, yelling at certain players to move the ball because mm-hmm. at times it did get sticky. But even when it, the ball wasn't sticky, the team just missed shots. You know, their layups, they missed a lot of shots around the rim. See if I can pull it up real quick. The, you know, the layups were just – it's just one of those weird games. They were four for 11 on layups. So it's just one of those games where a lot of stuff was not falling, but they still won by 14. Andy, I don't, I don't know if, if that was enough to uh, the line, but <laughs> coach Sam doesn't care about the line. They won by a one and we're moving on to semifinals. 
Sansa does not care about the line. And speaking of finals, it is official. The Cincinnati Bearcats will advance to the American Athletic Conference Tournament semifinals, and they will be playing the Houston Cougars at 2 p.m. Central Time on Saturday afternoon. Again, that game will air on ESPN2. But they absolutely crushed the Temple Owls, 84 to 54. And Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Temple go out and jump ahead first to, to begin the game? They led by 10, 16, and 6 at one point. Yeah, we we were walking out of the out of the building, and I think the score was it had been sixteen six, and the Bearcats Bearcats scored four straight when we when I left the building. So amazing turnaround, good for the Bearcats. Another soon to be Big Twelve team. So we got two Big Twelve teams playing in the semifinals of the AAC on Saturday. Well, we're gonna speak with Michael Resco before that semifinal right. game, so yep. that should. That should be an interesting comment. But let's get into the Bearcats because, like I mentioned earlier in the show, they faced off against Houston twice this season. Both came in January. One was earlier at the beginning of January, and the other came towards the second. On the first meeting, Houston ended up winning by 13 points. The final score was 72-59. to And really, in that game in Cincinnati, the star for Houston was Jarvis Walker, who led the team once again. I think that was during that stretch when he had consistent back-to-back 20-point games, if I'm not mistaken, around that stretch. And in that game in particular, in Cincinnati, Jarvis Walker was dealing with some flu-like symptoms. He was dealing with an illness, and he still went out there and performed, and he ended up having 21 points and five rebounds against Cincinnati. Now in the second meeting, which came inside of the Fertitta Center on January 28th, that game turned out to be a lot closer than the first meeting and really the kind of the key player that gave Houston problems for about three out of the four halves that they played this season has been Landers Nolly, who of course Houston Cougars are not only familiar with him this season, but just what he was able to do against Houston in the past when he was at Memphis. What are kind of your initial for anyone who wants to take first initial thoughts on matching up with Cincinnati for a third time, something Marcus has said earlier in the week for a lot of these teams, It'll be the third time the Houston are seeing them. Coincidentally, East Carolina, that was only the second meeting, and they gave Houston a big run. Meeting a team for a third time, you always hear the saying, it's the hardest thing in the world is to try to beat an opponent three times, and that's what Houston's going to try to do on Saturday afternoon. Yep, whoever they is, say that a lot, but if you're better than the the opponent, you're going to beat them three times. So so if you do the things in the first two games that that you won and do them again in the third, third game, they'll win. But glance at the box score, Bearcats had three different guys score 20 today against Temple. Micah Adams-Woods got 20. Landers Nolly, the Cougar villain, got 22. And then Dan Skillings Jr. got 20 points off the bench. So balanced there. But the Bearcats big man, Victor Locken, seven block shots. So he was a force in the paint. So they won inside and outside. So It'll be a good matchup on Saturday, and we'll see which Cougar team shows up. If the team that showed up today uh, plays tomorrow, it's going to be even more difficult to win. Yeah, Cincinnati two guards have a ton of experience with DeJulius and Landers Nolly. I think both of them are going to be on attack mode, especially Nolly. He's had two two good halves against Houston, and I'm sure Coach Sampson is going to be looking to stop him or – 
or make it tough for him because some good players, you can't stop, but you got to make it tough for him. And so I think Houston will do that. But DeJulius is a really important piece to Cincinnati. He gets them in and out of their office. He pushes the ball. He's really their primarily ball handler, a la Jamal Shedd for Houston. So I'm going to be looking at at the guard matchups, which um, guards can play better in this matchup. That could very come down and ultimately decide who ends up going to the American Athletic Conference championship game. From a Houston perspective, what kind of will be there? Who did well? What's kind of who's going to be the player to watch for Houston against the Bearcats? You froze for part of that, Andy, but everybody else today, but <laughs> tomorrow, besides Marcus Sasson. So, because everybody else struggled to make shots. So shots didn't fall for them today. Jairus Walker will see how the knee looks, responds with no rest, you know, in the, the quick turnaround. Juwan Roberts, 0 for 5 and missed shots around uh, the rim, in the paint area today. Emmanuel Sharp, just different guys. If they make shots tomorrow, if they're shooting 40%, slip better than today. It'll be better for the Cougs. But rebounding, they got to start playing Cougar culture in the first half. Match the Bearcats' intensity in the first half. Match it and exceed it because that's Houston Cougar basketball. Yeah, I'll be looking for Marcus. Um, see if he can continue his style of play that he's been. And I think it's such important because even if he's making or missing shots, primarily when he's making them, his shots give Houston energy on the defensive end, a la Steph Curry. You see Steph Curry make some of those threes and shots he make. It energizes his team on the defensive end and overall. So I think it's important for Marcus not only to make shots and make plays, but if Houston, some players from Houston struggle, you need those players who can make those shots, especially those good look shots. And they played Houston last year. I mean, if you're going to go back to last year in the tournament, Jamal Shea was able to break down the defense in a, in a high rate like he normally does and create shots for some of his teammates last year. And some of those open shots just didn't fall, and that's part of the game. And when you got somebody like Marcus Sasser, who can get some of those open looks, he's going to make more than he's going to miss. And so it's important for him to not only set the tempo and set um, the, um, yeah, to set the tempo and set the standard for how the game is going to go for his team. I think it's important for March in this tournament and go well in the tournament. Cause you got to think um, Houston outside of their starters, they're playing a lot of young um, players. And so some of, some of them, uh, most of them haven't been in this, atmosphere i know uh emmanuel was on the bench last year didn't get a chance to play but it's an t- entire entire different experience so i'll be looking for marcus to come out and kind of set the tempo for houston him and jamal because i think jamal also set the tempo as well in that first half with just his ability to um, collapse the defense and create some of those open looks and we forget about it uh, marcus was asked about it after today's game he missed Last season, you know, December, he had the surgery. So he missed the tournament run last season. So he's really looking forward to being efficient, going out in this senior season, his UH career with a bang. So I think he's locked in and he's going to carry his teammates as long as he can. To add on to a few of the things that both of you guys touched on, something that Jamal Shedd said, 
post game as well. Kind of the biggest thing that they're going to be looking to adjust and tweak heading into their semifinals matchup, regardless of who they play. Obviously, now we know it's going to be Cincinnati. Is effort. Effort plays. That seems to be the key buzzword when it comes to the Houston Cougars, which really was the area that they felt they probably did worst in against East Carolina. Again, is a lot of those effort plays against the Pirates. And even then, looking ahead down what you mentioned as well from Shed, he said this is a good opportunity, even though they did struggle for a lot of those younger players, and not only, obviously, Emmanuel Sharp, but even Jawan Roberts, who wasn't as a starter that he is this season in last year's run, and then, obviously, Terrence Arsenal, or J.B. Francis, even Jarris Walker as well, that they all really got their first runs in being able to be in this it's, it's the AAC tournament, but it really close to the NCAA tournament as they start to get a taste of what March is all about. But we're going to start to wrap things up for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougars. Again, the final score, the Houston Cougars are victorious over East Carolina in the American Athletic Conference quarterfinal. 60-46 to 46 was the final score in favor of the Cougars. Marcus Sasser led Houston with 30 points. 24 of those 30 points came in the second half, and he fell just one point short of tying his career high, which is 31 points that he got earlier in this season. I'll go around the roundtable. Chris, I'll go to you first. What are any final takeaways of Houston, East Carolina, or looking ahead to Cincinnati before we wrap things up? Well, salute to ECU freshman Ezra also for his 18 and 19 versus the Cougs today. He really took it to Houston's uh, front court. That's a freshman. And I'll go ahead and say this. I'm putting it out there. I guess it be one of my things. I sat next to a couple of guys who covered Cincinnati. And all three of us said he may not be in the American much, much longer. So uh, because he really shined. He's just a, just a freshman. So I don't know. NIL. ECU, y'all need to get working on that because he might be going somewhere else if y'all don't come through for with with the support. Salute to him. Marcus Sasser, great job carrying the Cougs, doing his part, carrying the Cougs over the finish line. We'll see how the Cougs do tomorrow against the Bearcats in the semifinals. And Andy touched on it, 2 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the, the general, Jamal Shed. I think it all starts with Jamal I know I kind of mentioned Marcus as well, but I, I, I got to give credit to Jamal, and it, it kind of starts with him, his defensive pressure, his own ball. I think that's the catalyst for them defensively, and they also feed it with his energy defensively. Not only that, I think he's done an outstanding job of pushing the pace him, and Tremont did a good job of that as well. And so I'm just looking forward to Houston's top two guards could, to continue to kind of put the team on their back and lead them going down this stretch here in March. Absolutely. Once again, the final score of the Houston Cougars are victorious 60 to 46. We thank every single person that stopped and watched us live here on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel for Let's Rage Cougs on the one-year anniversary of Let's Rage Cougs that initially started on game one of the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament a year ago. Here we are at the start of another American Athletic Conference tournament run and heading into the NCAA tournament. Chris, I'll toss it over to you. Where can people find you? Find me on HoustonRoundBarReview.com. See me on Twitter at the the T H E H R Review. Houston Roundbar Review on Instagram as well as on YouTube. It was good to uh, run into Wanda, one of our supporters. Ran into her and her daughter before the game, and they were, said they're going to wear their Less Rage Cougs merch Saturday. 
assuming, of course, Clues won, which they did. So we appreciate it. It's good meeting the fans. Good to talk to fans and making the connection with them and people who support us. Thank you very much. And we will see you guys Saturday. You can find me on all social media platforms like it's listed below at Dayon Dunlap. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. Follow me. And people can find me on Twitter as well at Aonis underscore five. Once again, we'll be back at it Saturday afternoon. I guess it'll be closer to Saturday evening once the Houston Cougars and Cincinnati Bearcats game finishes on Saturday. Again, that game will tip off at 2 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, the third meeting between the three between the two teams as Houston will be looking to go three for three in the 2022-23 season against the Cincinnati Bearcats for Houston and East Carolina. Once again, the final score is 60-46 in favor of the Houston Cougars. And Marcus Asser led the way with 30 points. Once again, we thank every single one of you guys that watched and supported the show. And we'll be back at it Saturday following Houston and Cincinnati, the semifinals of the American Athletic Conference.